Section three of Historic Girls. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Historic Girls Stories of Girls Who Have Influenced the History of Their Times by Elbridge Streeter Brooks. Helena of Britain, The Girl of the Essex Fells, Part Two. The standard of revolt was raised in Camelodunum. The young admiral hurried back to France to make ready his fleet, while Cole the king, spurred on to action by the patriotic Helena, who saw herself another Boadicea, though in truth a younger and much fairer one, gathered a hasty following, won over to his cause by the British Field Legion in his palace town, and, descending upon the nearest Roman camps and stations, surprised, captured, scattered, or brought over their soldiers and proclaimed himself free from the yoke of rome and supreme prince of britain ambition is always selfish even when striving for the general good there lies too often beneath this noble motive the still deeper one of selfishness carotius the admiral though determined upon kingly power had no desire for a divided supremacy he was determined to be sole emperor or none Crafty and unscrupulous, although brave and high-spirited, he deemed it wisest to delay his part of the compact until he could see how it fared with his uncle, the king, and then, upon his defeat, to climb to certain victory. He therefore sent to his uncle promises instead of men, and when summoned by the Roman governor to assist in putting down the revolt, he returned loyal answers but sent his aid to neither party. King Cole, after his first successes, knew that, unaided, he could not hope to withstand the Roman force that must finally be brought against him. Though urged to constant action by his wise young daughter, he preferred to do nothing, and, satisfied with the acknowledgment of his power in and about his little kingdom on the Colne, he spent his time in his palace with the musicians that he loved so well, and the big bowl of liquor that he loved, it is to be feared, quite as dearly. The musicians, the pipers and the harpers, sang his praises, and told of his mighty deeds, and, no doubt, their refrain was very much the same as the one that has been preserved for us in the jingle of Mother Goose. O oh, none so rare as can compare with King Cole and his fiddlers three. But if the pleasure-loving old king was listless, young Helena was not. The misty records speak of her determined efforts, and though it is hard to understand how a girl of fifteen can do anything towards successful generalship, much can be granted to a young lady who, if the records speak truth, was, even while a girl, a Minerva in wisdom and not deficient in statecraft. So while she advised, with her father's boldest captains, and strengthened so wisely the walls of ancient Colchester, or Camelodunum, the traces of her work still remain as proof of her untiring seal, she still cherished the hope of British freedom and release from Rome. And the loving old king, deep in his pleasures, still recognized the will and wisdom of his valiant daughter, and bade his artists make in her honor a memorial that should ever speak of her valor. And this memorial, lately unearthed, and known as the Colchester Sphinx, perpetuates the lion-like qualities of a girl in her teens who dared withstand the power of imperial Rome and still no help came from her cousin, the admiral. But one day, a galley speeding up the Colne, 
brought this unsigned message to King Cole. To Cole, Camelodunum, greeting. Save thyself. Constantius the sallow-faced, prefect of the western Praetorians, is even now on his way from Spain to crush thy revolt. Save thyself. I wait. Justice will come. Thou seest, O daughter, said King Cole, as Helena read the craven missive. The end cometh as I knew it would. Well, man can but die. And with this philosophic reflection, the jolly old soul only dipped his red nose still deeper into his big bowl, and bade his musicians play their loudest and merriest. But Helena, not deficient in statecraft, thought for both. She would save her father, her country, and herself, and shame her disloyal cousin. Discretion is the better part of valour. Let us see how discreet a little lady was this fair young Princess Helena. The legions came to Camelodunum. Across Gaul and over the choppy channel they came, borne by the very galleys that were to have succoured the British king. Up through the mouth of Thames they sailed, and landing at Londinium, marched in close array along the broad Roman road that led straight up to the gates of Camelodunum. Before the walls of Camelodunum was pitched the Roman camp, and the British king was besieged in his own palace town. The Roman trumpet sounded before the gate of the beleaguered city, and the herald of the prefect, standing out from a circle of guards, cried the summons to surrender. Cole of Britain, traitor to the Roman people and to thy lord the emperor, hear thou. In the name of the senate and people of Rome, I, Constantius the prefect, charge thee to deliver up to them ere this day's sun shall set, this their city of Camelodunum, and thine own rebel body as well. Which done, they will in mercy pardon the crime of treason to the city, and will work their will and punishment only upon thee, the chief rebel. And if this be not done within the appointed time, then will the walls of this their town of Camelodunum be overthrown, and thou and all thy people be given the certain death of traitors." King Cole heard the summons, and some spark of that very patriotism that had inspired and incited his valiant little daughter flamed in his heart. He would have returned an answer of defiance. I can at least die with my people, he said. But young Helena interposed. Leave this to me, my father, she said. As I have been the cause, so let me be the end of trouble. Say to the prefect that in three hours' time the British envoy will come to this camp with the king's answer to his summons. The old king would have replied otherwise, but his daughter's entreaties and the counsels of his captains, who knew the hopelessness of resistance, forced him to assent, and his herald made answer accordingly. Constantius the prefect, a manly pleasant-looking young commander, called Chlorus, or the Sallow, from his pale face, sat in his tent within the Roman camp. The three hours' grace allowed had scarcely expired when his sentry announced the arrival of the envoy of Cole of Britain. Bid him enter, said the prefect. Then, as the curtains of his tent were drawn aside, the prefect started in surprise, for there before him stood not the rugged form of a British fighting man, but a fair young girl who bent her graceful head in reverent obeisance to the youthful representative of the imperial Caesars. "'What wouldst thou with me, maiden?' asked the prefect. "'I am the daughter of Cole of Britain,' said the girl, "'and I am come to sue for pardon and for peace.' 
the roman people have no quarrel with the girls of britain said the prefect hath then king cole fallen so low in state that a maiden must plead for him he hath not fallen at all o prefect replied the girl proudly the king my father would withstand thy force but that i his daughter know the cause of this unequal strife and seek to make terms with the victors the girl's fearlessness pleased the prefect for constantius chlorus was a humane and gentle man fierce enough in fight but seeking never to needlessly wound an enemy or lose a friend and what are thy terms fair envoy of britain he demanded these o prefect replied helena if but thou wilt remove thy cohorts to londinium i pledged my father's faith and mine that he will within five days deliver to thee as hostage for his fealty myself and twenty children of his counsellors and captains and further i helena the princess will bind myself to deliver up to thee with the hostages the chief rebel in this revolt and the one to whose counselling the strife with rome is due both the matter and the manner of the offered terms still further pleased the prefect and he said be it so princess then summoning his lieutenant he said conduct the envoy of cole of britain with all courtesy to the gates of the city and with a herald's escort the girl returned to her father again the old king rebelled at the terms his daughter had made i know the ways of rome he said i know what their mercy meaneth thou shalt never go as hostage for my faith o daughter nor carry out this hazardous plan i have pledged my word and thine o king said helena surely a briton's pledge should be as binding as a roman's so she carried her point and in five days time she with twenty of the boys and girls of camelodunum went as hostages to the roman camp in london here be thy hostages fair princess said constantius the prefect as he received the children and this is well but remember the rest of thy compact deliver to me now according to thy promise the chief rebel against rome she is here o prefect said the intrepid girl i am that rebel helena of britain the smile upon the prefect's face changed to sudden sternness trifle not with roman justice girl he said i demand the keeping of thy word it is kept replied the princess helena of britain is the cause and motive of this revolt against rome if it be rebellion for a free prince to claim his own if it be rebellion for a prince to withstand for the sake of his people the unjust demands of the conqueror if it be rebellion for one who loveth her father to urge that father to valiant deeds in defence of the liberties of the land over which he ruleth as king then i am a rebel for i have done all these and only because of my words did the king my father take up arms against the might and power of rome i am the chief rebel do with me as thou wilt and now the prefect saw that the girl spoke the truth and that she had indeed kept her pledge thy father and his city are pardoned he announced after a few moments of deliberation remain thou here thou and thy companions as hostages for britain until such time as i shall determine upon the punishment due to one who is so fierce a rebel against the power of rome so the siege of camelodunum was raised and the bloodless rebellion ended constantius the prefect took up his residence for a while within king cole's city and at last returned to his command in gaul and spain well pleased with the spirit of the little maiden whom so he claimed 
he still held in his power as the prisoner of Rome. Constantius the prefect came again to Britain, and with a greater following, fully ten years after King Cole's revolt, for now again rebellion was afoot in the island province. Carausius the admiral, biding his time, sought at last to carry out his scheme of sole supremacy. Sailing with his entire war-fleet to Britain, he won the legions to his side, proclaimed himself Emperor of Britain, and defied the power of Rome. So daring and successful was his move that Rome for a time was powerless. Carausius was recognized as associate emperor by Rome, until such time as she should be ready to punish his rebellion, and for seven years he reigned as emperor of Britain. But ere this came to pass, Helena the princess had gone over to Gaul, and had become the wife of Constantius the prefect, since only thus, said he, may I keep in safe custody this prisoner of Rome. The imperial power of Carausius was but short-lived. Crafty himself, he fell a victim to the craft of others, and the sword of Alectus, his chief minister and most trusted confidant, ended his life when once again the power of Rome seemed closing about the little kingdom of Britain. Constantius became governor of Britain, and finally Caesar and emperor. But long before that day arrived, the princess Helena had grown into a loyal Roman wife and mother, dearly loving her little son Constantine, who, in after years, became the first and greatest Christian emperor of Rome. She bestowed much loving care upon her native province of Britain. She became a Christian even before her renowned son had his historic vision of the flaming cross. When more than eighty years old, she made a pilgrimage to the Holy Land. There she did many good and kindly deeds, erected temples above the sepulchre of the Saviour, at his birthplace at Bethlehem, and on the Mount of Olives. She is said also to have discovered upon Calvary the cross upon which had suffered and died the Saviour she had learned to worship. Beloved throughout her long and useful life, she was canonized after her death, and is now recognized one of the saints of the Romish Church. Today, in the city of London, you may see the memorial church reared to her memory, the church of Great St. Helena in Bishopgate. A loving, noble, wonderful, and zealous woman, she is a type of the brave young girlhood of the long ago, and however much of fiction there may be mingled with the fact of her life story, she was, we may feel assured, all that the chroniclers have claimed for her, one of the grandest women of the earlier centuries. End of section 3 Recording by Petra.